Amen. Amen. All right, you take out your Bibles tonight. And turn your Bibles to First Peter. First Peter chapter three. And we'll start reading verse number ten. So first Peter chapter three and verse number ten reads For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good, let him speak peace and eschew it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of, of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope as with you and with meekness and fear. So I think one of the biggest dilemmas that we see in today's society is just a lot of people who are not happy. There's a lot of miserable people out there. Amen. And sad to say, there's also a lot of unhappy Christians. You know, Christians, as Christians, we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord is supposed to be our strength, right? But do we go through trials and do we go through seasons? Of course. And that can bring sadness, and that can bring rough times and difficulties in our life. But there's this, this, I think there's this need of that we need to be happy individuals, that, that people see the door of the Lord in our strength. And so I taught this lesson, actually, to the teenagers last year when we were doing our lessons outside. The Lord kind of spoke to my heart about it recently because... You know what? I work with a lot of miserable people. <laughs> I work with a lot of people who are just very unhappy. And, you know, that rubs off on me. And I, I find myself, too, becoming unhappy because I'm surrounded by people who are not happy and not content. I mean, can you be happy and content in the world with what's going on without, without having Jesus Christ? I don't know if I, I think I would join them. I, I can't see myself being as happy as I am without having Jesus Christ. You see what's happening in the world, you see the unsettledness, you see the stock market, you see what's happening in our country, the, the politicians, and it can naturally make you feel unhappy. But the Bible tells us that, we're, that the situations that are, that are happening around the world should not affect us, that we rest assured in the Word of God. So the lesson tonight is how to love life and to see good days. How to love life and see good days. And, you know, who would not want to spend the short amount of time that we have on earth loving our lives? And, how, and the, how do we see good days? How do we see a future ahead of us that is something that we want? And so the Bible very clearly presents to us a formula in these five verses that show us how to. It's kind of like the, the how-to um, the how-tos of how to have a blessed life. I think it's pretty cool how the Bible put this out here for us. So the first thing, how to love life and to see good days in our lives, is the first thing that we need to do, which can be the most difficult thing, 
is to master our tongue. Look at First Peter three, First Peter chapter three and verse number ten. For he that will love life and see good days, this is what the Bible says right off the bat, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So firstly, we, should, we need to learn, the Bible tells us here, is that we need to monitor carefully our words. Our words have a huge impact. Our, our, our tongue make a huge impact on the person we are. I see like our tongue is like the steering wheel, so to say. Like we gear ourselves in what direction we go in life based on our tongue and how we control ourselves. And the Bible tells us very specifically that we shouldn't speak evil words. And so we need to refrain from speaking things that are evil. Don't speak in guile. Um, our words should never be Hurtful and deceitful. And this is something that we can all struggle with at times. This is this idea of, you know, my words hurt people. And we hear the phrase, sticks and bones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, I think all of us can say that words have hurt us in our life. Especially coming from certain people that we love or certain people that we show affection to. When they say something that, that can damage us and it can really hurt us and stick with us for a while. And it, that's a sad thing when that happens. But um, as a Christian, we cannot be happy. We will not be happy, rather, if we're speaking evil. If we're, if we're speaking uh, words that are hurtful. And we need to have this mindset of, uh, if, what, if what I'm about to say is not to, to help, a situ- not, to, not to heal or help a situation and it's not graciously true, then I shouldn't speak them. So if my words are not going to help somebody, then I shouldn't say it. If my words are going to, are demeaning, putting, some, putting somebody down, being hurtful just because we're being hurtful, then we're not producing anything good in our lives. It doesn't, we think that that'll help us feel better about ourselves or cope perhaps with ourselves. But in all reality, that just makes us less happy. I find that the, the least happiest people are the people that are always talking bad about everybody else. They're the most miserable people themselves. And so as a Christian, we need to check ourselves. We shouldn't, it's easy to talk bad about somebody. It's easy to speak down upon somebody. It's very easy. Maybe it's easier for some than others, but it's something that may perhaps come second nature to us. And so... But that we want to live a happy, we want to live a good life. That we need to work and control. The Bible tells us the first thing is to master our tongue. So monitor carefully what we say. Monitor what we say. Keep them in check. And we need to manage carefully your heart. Because the, the reason why our words reveal so much about us is because a man's words... Reveal the condition of our hearts. We say, oh, well, that just came out. Well, that, that came from somewhere. It, came, it starts in the heart. Look at Matthew chapter 12, if you would. Keep your finger of First Peter 3. That's our main text. But turn over to Matthew chapter 12.
Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34. A generation of vipers, Matthew twelve thirty four. A generation of vipers. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what comes to your heart will eventually come out of your mouth, according to the Bible. You know, how do we check your temperature? We use a thermometer. If you want to check your heart, you need to listen to your words. What is coming out of your heart? It's what comes out of your mouth. And we need to be careful. And the Bible says that we're going to be judged by what you say because your, your words reveal your hearts. That's a scary thing. We think that we got it all under control. Then we have a moment where we slip and we say something that we shouldn't. Well, that was in our hearts and that was dwelling there for some time. And... Um, you know, oftentimes that come, things linger in our hearts, whether that's because of, of bitterness. And we let bitterness find a resting place in our hearts. And eventually that bitterness will come out of our mouth and in, in a moment, in, our, in, in weakness, a moment that we're tired, a moment that we're angry, a moment that something's going wrong. It comes out of our mouth because we let bitterness find a resting place in our heart for quite some time. And eventually it will come out. It may, we may be able to hold it for quite some time, but it will come out eventually unless we give it over to God. And so we, we, don't, we shouldn't let jealousy or, or envy wreak havoc on our lives and take, and take over our hearts. We need to be able to forgive um, easily, and we need to be able to forgive readily. Always be ready to forgive. It's always easy to, to put the blame on somebody. It's always easy to have bitterness. You know, there, there's guys at work, you know, they hold, they've been holding grudges for somebody else for years. I know one guy at work got upset with his brother, hasn't talked to his brother in 40 years. That's insane. He hasn't talked to his brother in that many years. You know, that, that type of stuff can happen. Is that bitterness takes hold in our heart, and we don't, that shouldn't be our life. And you know what? That doesn't lead to happiness in our life. That always leads to bitterness, always leads to unhappy and an unsettled life. So get rid of that. Be able to forgive and be able to take it to the Lord. And so we need to, we need to be able to keep our heart clean. In order to keep our heart clean, we can't have bitterness, jealousy, envy, hatred in our hearts. Because that will come out of our mouth and that can really hurt somebody. And so... Uh, we need to go to the Lord and let the Lord help us in those areas. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. The heart reveals so much about us. And the scary part is that it comes out, what's in our heart comes out of our mouth. And so it's oftentimes the things, the things that we think about, the things that we dwell upon the most, will come out of our mouth. So if you love, let's say, I love baseball. I will talk about baseball with you because that's something that's on my heart, something that's on my mind. And maybe it is something for you is something else. And it could be, um, you know, something else I love is my cats. And so I often talk about my cats. Amen, Ms. Valerie? Amen. And so something that, you know, my cats are on my heart. And so I talk about my cats. I got them on my phone. I can show everybody and anybody. And um, that's on my heart. And so, but sometimes what's on our heart is bitterness. And what are we always talking to other people about? Did you hear about so-and-so? Can you believe they did this? Or you won't believe this story. And I think that stuff can come out of our mouth. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. 
Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So, when mastering our tongue, we need to monitor carefully our words, manage carefully our heart, but then conquering your tongue is a great test of self-discipline. A great test of self-discipline in your life is not always you know, what we can refrain from eating or uh, the ability to, to work out or do whatever, but I think one of the greatest tests of, of self-discipline in our life is simply controlling our tongue. Can we control our tongue? So the Bible teaches that if you can control your tongue, you've reached a pinnacle of spirituality that is higher in your life. And you can, you can be closer to God that way. And, uh, and you will be able to control the rest of your body if you can control simply your tongue. A person who cannot control their tongue is spiritually immature and physically undisciplined. Don't turn there, but James 3 verse 2 says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to brittle the whole body. So the tongue affects the whole body. So it's important to keep our tongue in check. Secondly, turn back over to 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and, and his lips that they speak no guile. Secondly, is let him eschew evil. Eschew evil. The word eschew means to avoid, to deviate, to shun, to detour around. And if you would love life and see good days, Avoid evil. Avoid evil. Uh, you do this by two things. The people, um, you do this by doing two things. The people who are bent on doing evil and the evil places where evil exists. So you avoid people who you know are evil. Sometimes we can't help but be around them, whether it's at work or uh, we run a family or whatever it is. But there's also the fact that I don't want to be best friends with that person who is actively doing evil because that will have an effect on me. And secondly, we need to avoid going to places that are evil, to bars, to uh, clubs and things, uh, things like that. And you know, you know places that are evil. And so th those are places that we need to learn that, hey, I need to refrain from being with so-and-so. I can be nice with them. I can be friends with them. But I can't be hanging out with them. Why? Because that person does evil deeds. And evil is something that disobeys God, right? It's a sin. It's something that disobeys God. So we need to avoid being around those who are actively and willfully sinning. Be around other Christians. Be around brothers and sisters in Christ who are trying to please God in their lives. And that'll help you love life. And that'll help you see good days in your life. Is if you by who you by who you are with and where you go. And it's avoiding the evil crowd. Psalm 1.1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's how the book of Psalms starts off. Is hey, you need to be careful who you hang out with. And we should never take advice from ungodly when it comes to spiritual matters in our life. 
Never take advice from those who are ungodly when it comes to the serious spiritual stuff in our life. We should never let, never spend idle time with those who live a sinful life. Never spend time in dialogue with those who scorn goodness and godliness. Those who hate God, those who mock God should not be the main influences in our life. Because that's going to deter your relationship with God himself. We need to be going to God. That, that should be the crowd that we're with. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and your church family, or brothers and sisters that you know in Christ. And Those should be the people that we're trying to associate ourselves with. And so avoiding the evil crowd and not making them be the main influence in our life. Something that can be difficult. Avoiding the evil, evil places, the Bible, the Bible talks about. Um, avoiding those that... Uh, that a place where the sinful gather is the place that we should avoid. Where people, uh, the Bible talks about scorners. A scorner is somebody who mocks the Bible, somebody who mocks the preacher. And those are not people that we should gather around. So don't gather into places where there's scorners. And hopefully, Lord willing, you don't find scorners in church. Is there scorners in church? Yes, there are. On Sunday morning, you will find scorners in church. You may know who they are and who they're not, but those should not be the main influences in our life. Um, and so we need to avoid those two things, the evil people and evil places, and they're certainly out there. In 1 Peter 3.10, continuing, continuing on with verse 11, it says, uh, verse 10, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile, let him eschew evil and do good. The third thing for how to love life and to see good days is to do good. So we need to spend our life actively involved things that produce good. And here's here's a test that we can give ourselves of is this good? Is that does it make me a better person? Does it benefit those around me? And most importantly, does it bring glory to God? That is doing good. Does it, does it make me a better person? Does it benefit others? And does it bring glory to God? What is the acronym for joy? Anybody know it? Jesus, others, and you. If you want to have joy, real joy, wonderful joy... How, is that, how do you do that? Put Jesus first, put others second, and then put ourselves last. That's a joyful person. And the opposite in our world today is Yosh. you got to put yourself first, and then you can help others. And then when you're good, then you come to church. That's not how it is according to the Bible. You want to be happy? You put Jesus first in everything. And then by putting Jesus first, you want to help other people. And then we worry about ourselves. And by helping others and putting God first, we are naturally helping ourselves by doing those two things. And that is quite, quite contrary to what we see today. And so if, when we're doing something and we're thinking, is this productive or does it, is it something that I should be participating in? And it's no to those three things. Then it's something that doesn't meet those goals. And it's something that we shouldn't desire for ourselves because that's not doing good. Because the goal is to live, is to love life. We are, we are all going to live life.
but we want to love our life. We want to love what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Does it get monotonous? Does our job can sometimes get uh, too much to handle? Can it become difficult at times? Yes, but we can still have the joy of the Lord when we do what we have to do. And that starts off by our tongue and eschewing evil and then also doing good. Continuing on, the last thing the Bible tells us here is in verse 11. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Seeking peace. The Bible tells us that here. Oftentimes that we can walk around with a chip on our shoulder. I think we all know somebody who has a chip on their shoulder. And we can automatically tell, oh yeah, that guy thinks he's all that. Or somebody, what's, what's his problem? We need to dispose of that spirit. We shouldn't be somebody who has a chip on our shoulder. and We should, we, we should desire to be peacemakers with people instead of troublemakers. And you should have the reputation of, you know, you should go to so-and-so. They'll... they'll They'll seek peace. At my company, we produce asphalt, stone, and concrete. And, all, and sometimes things happen, and uh, whether the concrete isn't up to par what it should be, or we pave a driveway, and the, the asphalt wasn't good in the driveway. But we have a guy specifically who is extremely good at being a peacemaker. He's not a Christian, but you know what? His job is being a peacemaker. That, that's a good title for us to have as Christians, that we're known as being peacemakers. It'd be a terrible thing to, to try for us to be given the gospel to somebody, but then also having the reputation of being a troublemaker at wherever we're at. We're trying to be with our family or being at work, and, or whether it's at church here with our brothers and sisters, and, and we're trying to help somebody, but yet how can, you know, how, how can we respect that person if they're a troublemaker themselves? And so... You know, we'll find enough trouble in this life without us trying to go and look for it. And so just be, be careful. Matt, turn over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. The Bible has a lot to say about peacemakers. I want to show you a couple of verses tonight. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 9, tells us, Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Turn over to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verse 19. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. Troublemaker, right? It is better to be by yourself than be with somebody who is a troublemaker. Turn over to Proverbs 26, verse 21. As coals are to burning coals, and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Well, that's, a, that's a deep comparison. Putting, putting coals to burning coals makes the fire bigger. Putting wood to fire makes the fire bigger. And so it does a contentious man in strife makes the, makes the fire bigger. Turn over to Romans 12. This will be the last passage I'll have you turn. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. 
Romans chapter 12, verse number 18. The Bible puts it very plainly here for us. Romans 12, 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Not just some men, but we should seek to be peaceably, a person seeking peace with everybody. Everybody. And so that can be a difficult time, seeking peace and trying to be a peacemaker. But something the Bible tells us. You know, all these things, some of these may be easy to you. Maybe you tonight are somebody who naturally can control your tongue pretty well. Or you don't, you don't have a problem with being around evil people or being in evil places or, or whatever it is. And maybe you're sitting here tonight and saying, man, I struggle with some of these things. I, it's, not, it's not as easy. It's easier said than done to say, hey, don't be around evil. But life gets difficult, does it not? And so if you're struggling in any of these aspects, the greatest thing that you can do is go to the Lord with them and give them over to God. Because God knows you. And God knows where you're at in your life. And as a Christian, He knows where you've come from. He knows your past. He knows who you are now. He knows who you were before you were His child. And He knows who you are now as you are His child. And the same Holy Spirit that works in you is the same Holy Spirit that can work in anybody. And so maybe in your life you've had struggles in these aspects and you've gotten better. Well, you can claim that because the Holy Spirit helped you. And we should, not, we should not ever put God or put the Holy Spirit in a box and say, well, you know what, I just naturally struggle with this. Or, you know what, it is just, it's in my nature to do this. Or it's in my nature to speak bad. Or, it's in my nature to, uh, to kind of seek trouble. It doesn't have to be. You're, you, the old man has passed away. The new man is, is what you are now. You have a supernatural power living inside of you every single day at every single moment. And every single one of us here tonight who is saved is, has the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. You've been indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And that's something that we shouldn't take lightly, is that, that God would help us. And so the, the Holy Spirit wants you to live a good life. Does that not mean we, don't, we go through trials? No, but we want to, to live a good life. And, and do you want to love your life? Do you want to see good days for the rest of your life? then we need to learn that, we, hey, I need to discipline my tongue. I need to avoid evil places. I need to avoid evil people. And we need to involve ourselves in things that make us better, that help people, that glorify God, that we seek and we, we desire peace with all men. And then if we do these things, according to 1 Peter three ten through 15 we will live a blessed and we will live a godly life. If we follow these how-tos. And I love how the Bible just really plainly puts it out here for us. Is to, to learn and to, and to grow from. And I know this is, it's, like I said, these things are so much easier said than done, is it not? It's just to, to do good and don't do evil and just be good. Don't sin. And it's like, okay, well, I struggle with sin. <laughs> and I struggle every day. And I, I still live in the flesh. And I shouldn't. Well, ask the Lord to help you. Ask God, the God who is the God of creation, the God who is the, the creator of the universe, the God who fearfully and wonderfully made you is the same God that can help you and, and transform you into the image of his son. And that's our role model. And that's, that's the person that we should be trying to mimic. And that's the purpose we should be trying to, uh, to be like. 
All of us have pe- heroes. All of us have somebody we look to and somebody that we're trying to be like. Well, if we could be like anybody, I want to be like Jesus. And so look at Jesus. Look at him all the time and ask God to help you in these areas of life. And this is how we can live and how we can love life and how we can see good days is if we do these things. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, for your mercy. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for or just how plainly that you just put those verses in the Bible, Lord, of and the and, and the order of how you put them, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, just for the word of God.